This is Aaron Levine, LG Insurance Agency, with another episode of the And Insurance Podcast. We might not even get to the insurance piece of it because we're back with Kevin Muldowney from David Muldowney Jr. CPA. It's year-end 2023, and if you haven't done your tax planning, you still have time, and we're going to get into that. And we have a couple other cool things to talk about um, just to get caught up with 2023, 2024, and where's the IRS right now? So what have you been up to the last year? Not much. Not much. Doing a lot of planning. Good, good talk. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we moved locations. Okay. Um, as, as you may be aware, as many people may be aware, um, we were in Colts Neck and Little Silver, and we combined under one roof in Shrewsbury. Right down the road, uh, right on Shrewsbury Avenue, next to the Schwartz Mazda dealership. Oh, may yeah. the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why we moved there, you know, just yeah. so we could say that. But you time. don't drive a Mazda. I don't. So, I don't. You know, We're maybe. two doors down from the Circle Hyundai, which is okay. what I do drive. All right. So it makes it makes service a little bit more convenient. All right. You can just drop your car off and then walk and walk the up office. to the office. But we're not here to do car Analysis. advertisements. Exactly. So let's get rid of those. Let's get rid of those. Um, <laughs> when it comes to your business right now, um, you know, you said you've been doing a lot of planning. You've been doing tax planning. You've been doing more business related work, CFO type stuff. Get get into what you've been up to. Yeah, so so the the business side of the business has grown, you know, substantially. Um, doing small bit outsourced small business accounting, um, as well as the tax planning portion of that, uh, and also tax planning for individuals. Um, it's never too late. <laughs> never too late to plan for twenty twenty three. So we're planning for twenty twenty three as we're coming to the end of twenty twenty three, and then I you know we've got to start talking about twenty twenty four. But it's been an interesting year with our interest rate environment, yes. our inflationary environment, right? What can businesses then expect at the end of the year? Um, you know, what's what's changed over the last couple of years with respect to your methods and what business owners need to expect or not need to expect with respect to the, the taxes? Sure. So 2017 was the Tax Cuts and Job Act. So that reduced mm -hmm. income taxes, um, increased bonus depreciation up to 100% of qualified qualified uh, assets put into service. Okay. Um, the uh, 22 ended the end of that, ended that. And then 2023, that bonus depreciation went from 100% down to 80%. Well, that sucks. 2024, it drops again to 60%. That sucks and then 20%. Again going forward unless the rules change which now i know it's november <laughs> things often don't change until sometimes january february right. or march okay for 23 so, so that's that's one thing that if all things were equal income and revenue one would expect to pay more taxes in 2023 than they did for 2022 all things being equal yes yes right. because you can't write off as much as much of your as much of your assets as you could in 2022. So how do we find prior. new things to write off? So there still is this. Are we section, allowed to talk about this in public, or I don't is this know. supposed to be one of those no. private conversations? Could be a private conversation. Okay. Um, well, let's make it public. For more information, please see me. <laughs> um, you know how at the end of every all of your statements, they all say, "Please consult your tax advisor." Right. For you know, for how this affects you personally, I can't ever say that. <laughs> stinks, but because you are that, I are, you are I am that advisor. That advisor, you know, so I can't always say. But it's the say, same please. thing. It's you know, consult your insurance agent about yes. 
how you want to set up your your insurance and what changes can be made, right? right? You know, with respect to a lot of businesses and uh, wealthier clients, we've been remove reducing umbrellas actually over the last period of time because prices have gone through the roof. Things have gotten absolutely haywire with respect to insurance premiums. So you know, we're trimming down that top layer. Okay. Um, in in many cases to try to save money there because we can't remove the bottom layer. <clears throat> we don't want to reduce how broad coverage could be on the bottom layer for you know for for nice size businesses and 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 wealthier. But we're seeing trimming down coming off the uh, off the top layer to save a couple of bucks. Hmm. Interesting. You know, but it's consult your insurance agent. I'm like, please right. don't remove your umbrella, but we can. Trim right. it back, back a little, little bit. bit. Yeah. You know, if you have 20, maybe we go to 10. If you have 10, maybe we go to five. If you have five, you know, we can always talk about it. <laughs> right. You know, and so on and so forth. But, you know, we did a, I had a nice video go out recently about umbrella policies, personal umbrella policies, and the need to have a good umbrella policy. Having that first umbrella million be really good is better than having 10 million of something right. not so good. <laughs> true you know Very so back true. to consulting yes. my tax and back to me my tax and back to you sorry <laughs> that's what me. we're here for um consulting my tax advisor about 2023 planning so i'm going to pay more taxes come april good to know so the as a caveat to that reduced bonus depreciation the one six the section 179 expensing provision is still mm-hmm. in the code okay right What's so so you can still write off 100 percent of qualifying assets mm-hmm um, up to one million one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Um, that starts to phase out once you get to two million eighty thousand. Okay. You know, then it, it starts to scale back as far as assets placed in service. Um, but so there, there still is the possibility to write everything off. So you still may have all things being equal, have the same tax bill. <laughs> Let's hope all things aren't equal. That's but why that's you get right. paid to do what you do because you just told me I can write off 20% less. But then you said, well, maybe if we do it another way, you can still exactly. write it off. And this exactly. goes back to you know my favorite hashtag of all time ever, the who you work with matters and why I love to hire professionals to do everything for me, right? Like, you know, I want to make sure that we have great tax people in our corner, great attorneys, and everybody else, and even my team, they're professionals right. <laughs> that I trust to do a ton of work uh, for the agency so that I can come out and you know hang out on camera and, right. and microphone and, and, do stuff like and, and get free tax advice <laughs> um, from, from guys like you. So there's some interesting things, and basically what Kevin just said is to consult your tax professional um, come tax time or now, really, before they start getting busy into tax season to really start figuring out that plan and strategy and get an idea of what it could look like come April. So you're not unpleasantly surprised because I don't think April, whatever April 18th is ever going to have a pleasant surprise. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, And, and I do have to add that everybody's situation is unique. So what, what we're saying here, if it applies to you or or not, you know, is based on your personal situation. Um, Other ways that you can, and, and I brought, they, uh, the IRS recently released the retirement plan contribution levels for 2024. Okay. Um, and they, there is a slight increase in the 401k contributions, mm-hmm. IRA contributions, 457s, 403bs, stuff like that. So you can save more money. So you can save more money in pre-tax retirement accounts. Now, if I have a 401k and I want to invest that money into like a CD account, can I do that? 
depends on who you have the money with. But yes, most places. Um, it depends on it who depends. The, what the brokerage does for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't have like a 401k, but I'm just like thinking right now based on our interest rate environment and the stock market volatility, you know, that CDs and, 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 and high yield savings have been a great vehicle for the last 10 months. Right. You know, if not almost over a year at this point. Um, and who knows where things are going to go over over the next year. I'm know. sure some of the brokerage houses can find, you know, funds that have right high high yield CDs or high yield right. savings or you know if you're you can claim to be risk averse and want to <laughs> put everything in cash and cash. Put it in high one of those high yields. Put it in I, I love yeah. the high. I'm a big fan of it. I mean, it, it's, you know, it helps me sleep at night not worrying right. or you know, knowing that it's there's almost a guarantee you know, right. with that five and a half percent or, or, or whatever it is that, and if you have, right if now. you have the cash and it's sitting in a, you know, just a checking account, you might as well make it work for you, you know? Yeah. I mean, we moved a lot of our, you know, we opened up some money markets to, you know, just transfer funds to get some money into interest savings vehicles, even though we need it for cash flow purposes, but, you know, moving money back and forth is been beneficial you know right with those four percent five percent accounts why not right when it's at point one percent right and you're checking is, or nothing cash is right better <laughs> or nothing you know if it's sitting in a checking account it's not right. making you anything it's not making anything yeah. so it makes sense to move it back and forth and and clean it up but anyway um before we started rolling we were talking about a couple of different things now in 2022 and i've got the note here there was a big, a big, uh, a lot of news fluff that came out about 90,000 new IRS agents that were also going to be carrying guns that were being hired. Where are they now? Well, they're definitely not answering the phones at the <laughs> IRS. I'll tell you that much. Um, yes. So the, the, the package was passed um, where they, they allowed more money towards for the IRS. Um, some of that was supposed to be used for. I, additional IRS agents, I believe they said 80,000. Um, I don't know if the math works out right to be, <laughs> you know, an, an average day's salary right. for an I for 80,000 IRS agents based on the amount that they put towards okay towards new agents. Did you actually do the math? You definitely I didn't. Did. You definitely did. I didn't. You definitely have I a didn't. spreadsheet. I didn't. No. No. I don't think no. you're telling. Cuz the, the numbers were so were so fluid that I didn't know how much <laughs> they put towards those 80,000 agents. Um, I, I don't, I know that they were hiring, you know, my, my LinkedIn feed was, was full How many of job offers. Did you was get job offers for the IRS? Right. Um, so All I, those recruiters I know that they're looking trying to recruit you. To, I know that uh, they're looking, but I, I don't know if they found Kevin, all based 80, on your 000. qualifications. We feel that you'll be a great fit for this right. position. <laughs> I love that. I know it's great. I get so many LinkedIn messages from all sorts of strange insurance related opportunities and i'm like and sometimes i'll respond just like a telemarketer calls you right. and you play games with them i'm like sure my base starting base salary is two hundred thousand dollars i'll work a three-day work week and i need six weeks of vacation can you let me know if this will be acceptable i'll come in for an interview they don't know how to Nothing. respond they you don't, don't know how to respond we'll get back to you all right <laughs> okay <laughs> have they gotten back to you you know they haven't gone back no to it's too bad you know, but if they looked at my qualifications, maybe they maybe they would. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, just random bots sending out random emails on right on LinkedIn is you know there's so much spam out there it's it's quite ridiculous. But anyway, back to these IRS agents, right? So 
we were scared that all these IRS agents were going to hit the street and we were all going to get audited and we were all going to be penalized and thrown in jail and all this all this stuff. And, you know, we haven't seen them and they're not answering the phones. You know, are you seeing clients of yours getting audited? Are you seeing more of that popping up or pretty much status quo with respect to audits for law abiding citizens and business owners? Right. It's pretty much status quo. Um, even before, you know, the funding was put towards the IRS and right. the, the 80,000 um, new agents were going to come out. Uh, gun, a lot of the stuff that they, yes, a lot of the stuff that they do is correspondence. Okay. So it's considered a correspondence audit. Um, you know, they'll find a discrepancy between what they have on, on file and what your return shows. And then they'll send you a letter mm -hmm. kind of displaying those differences. Um, and then you either, you know, agree with and send in the additional tax or you disagree with it, send in your reasons why. Right. And that's where we can, that that's where we've been helping clients. So I've gotten a few of those over the years. But it's usually like 300 bucks, 400 bucks that of more tax that I owe on these little right. things. It's not worth my time to try to figure it out. Right. You know, right. if it ever came in and said there was a discrepancy and you owe us, you know, $25,000, then maybe I would look into it. But, you know, these little couple hundred dollars difference owed in tax from whatever they're saying, it's not even worth me looking into. Right. I just right. want to pay the bill and yeah. get them get off on my back. Life. Exactly. And not exactly. Even, right. And something like that, it could be the calculation of interest, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if you owed, if you owed fifty thousand dollars with the filing of your return, right, right, that that interest was calculated to a certain day, right. But if you know if you sat on e-filing it or you didn't get it the the payment out in the mail, right, in time or something like that, and they received it a few days later, then that could be why the you know the amounts are so small and. It's in most cases, one, they're right. Number two, just it's worth it to pay it. <laughs> Are they right? In a situation like that, yes. In a, okay. Many times they're not. Okay. Okay. In but, those situations, they're right. So we'll just yeah. pay it and we'll, we'll move, and move on, on, move on with our lives. Right. Now, you know, sticking, sticking with the IRS, right? Because when it comes to, we went through a whole period where we had all these PPP loans. Um, and then there was these employee retention credits, which businesses were getting as well for staying open during the, or for paying their employees during the harder times of the pandemic. Yes. Um, there was recently, I guess, you know, early 2023, a huge round of ERC being reopened or staying opened. And there was all these pop-up businesses out there helping business owners get more credits, right? right? Get more money back because they didn't properly get their their ERC. And then the ERC was shut down pretty abruptly or it ran out of funding. Um, you know, what are you seeing going on with people that took advantage of the ERC and the PPP loans? Like I've, I've read, a, you know, I get all the news stories for people getting caught for buying Lamborghinis with PPP money right. or that set up fake companies and thought they weren't gonna get caught to say, oh, I'm gonna start a new LLC and I have 20 employees today and I here's my revenue and you owe me $150,000, right? And those people thought they would never get caught, right. which is awesome. So I see them getting caught all the time and you know it's kind of fun to giggle at it because they bought a Lamborghini with cash, right? You know, and they didn't think anybody was gonna look at that. No big deal. Like, right. you know, the drug, it's worse than the drug dealers. At least the drug dealers get away with it and they know how to launder their money properly, you know? <laughs> so with the ERC, you were mentioning something that, you know, there's the, the IRS is starting to really look into 
businesses that have collected on yeah. that. Yeah. So so they've they have put a temporary stop on right. the ERTC program. Um, and now they're I, I read I saw the link to an article. I didn't actually read the whole thing, but um, it's saying that they're allowing employers to pull back <laughs> on if if they were misguided, if you will, from one of these pop up consulting okay. firms um, that helped you out and then went away and you know weren't going to be there for the audit. Right. You know, if you were to ever get get looked into, um, if they were misguided by those companies, then they have the the ability now to you know, pull back or pay back, I guess you could say. Okay. Their ERTC money uh, without incurring any the penalties. the money back from the company that helped them, who took probably 50% of probably the Probably a large percentage. Large percentage, I right? would say, yes. They're not going to get that money back. No, they're not. Those companies are gone. Yes. Right? Because I was approached at one point, uh, probably middle of last year, Aaron, there's so much money in this ERC thing. You've got to, we've got to get all your clients on board and, and get people in. We're going to save everybody so much money. And then you're going to make X, Y, and Z. And I just never bought into it. Mm -hmm. You know, right? One of those things. It sounds too good to be true. Right. It probably is. And now I'm like glad that I never got involved in it because I'm still attached to all of my clients on a on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. If I go and screw them over on one side of the table, it's going to affect me on you know, right. for my, for my normal business. So, right. you know, trying to grab a couple of bucks is, is not always, it's not always worth it. Right. You know, to get that extra quick, the quick hit. Right. Right. And, and I don't think it's any coincidence that on July 28th, there was a, a, a news article that broke that some guy um, was filing these ERTC applications for his clients and got $238 million or something like that. Oh my God. And then on July 31st, the IRS came out with updated FAQs. Wow. Related to the qualifying for, for the ERTC. Okay. Um, <laughs> and and one of the biggest things is actually I, I tell all my clients it so it's it's ingrained right. up here. It's question four as to whether you apply and says if you are able to work remotely you don't apply. Oh. You don't qualify. You don't qualify. You don't qualify. So. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and it had to be a government sh government ordered shutdown. Right. It couldn't just be, well, a lot of people aren't coming in, so I'm just going to close my doors or reduce my hours. Right. So it's it's uh, it's not everybody. I receive a lot of voicemails on my cell phone, too, about are you taking advantage of the twenty six thousand dollars per employee that you're entitled to? It, uh, what's his name? Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. You know, he was advertising on TV for the ERTC credits. You know, he had a company that he invested in or, you know, he helped start to right to to go after this, you know. Yeah. But he was all over like he was on TV, like pushing this opportunity for business owners to get their money to get those credits back. So yeah, it's interesting to, uh, right. To I mean, see. if you qualify, if you correctly mm -hmm. and legitimately qualify, it is great. It is right. great. Quote unquote, free money. <laughs> um, but you know, if, if you don't, you really have to look at those. If you right. don't think you do, or you think there's a gray area right. where you may not, I would suggest checking out those FAQs and, and, uh, and just if and at this point enough is enough just you know yeah why are you worried about your revenue from 2022 at this point we're moving right. into 2024 let's look forward instead of trying to find some money from two years ago sure you know and and that's that's my 
you know, unhumble uh, uh, opinion. So one of the things that I know you specialize in is you specialize in associations and audits yes. for associations, homeowners associations, condominium associations. We've been getting so many calls into the office lately for associations shopping for new insurance policies, which is great. Um, what we're finding is a lot of these associations are not well-funded. Mm. We're finding that a lot of these associations are well underinsured and the board is stuck between a rock and a hard place of getting the association put into a proper place, but at the same time, they don't want to spend the extra money. Right. You know, so I know you audit and you work with a lot of associations. What are you seeing on, on your end with respect to association financials? Or you don't like get into the nitty gritty of it. You just look at the numbers and say, yes, your bank recs check and here's right. your letter of good standing. <laughs> more or less, more or less. That, that's where we don't necessarily advise on them because okay. then you're, you're crossing lines between independence and stuff like that. But, Got it. but I could definitely see, you know, practically speaking, I could definitely see that the board is stuck between a rock and a hard place because they want to do everything they can to keep their, um, to keep their owners right. maintenance fees low. Right. Um, you know, that's a selling feature for the, for sure. the association, for the community. Um, but at the same time, you, you gotta make sure all your expenses are covered and you're appropriately covered and there's yeah. no gaps in your, in your insurance coverage and stuff like that. So it's, it's it's a balancing act. It's, it's a it's, huge balancing. It's act. interesting because we just wrote an association um, in in North Jersey, a smaller association, um, under ten units. Okay. And uh, as we're doing the review, and we rewrote the building policies for them, and then I asked them for a copy of their directors and officers and their their crime policy, which would all be required by the bylaws. And they're like, oh, we we don't have one. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have one? I'm like, and then at the same time, we quoted it out for them. And then they're like, yeah, we'll get back to you, you know. So then they're running naked without the, the, the officers being covered properly right. for something happening with a third party. And then, you know, the, the officers being liability, liable, which we've learned so much about that the boards are becoming are liable for a lot more than they think they are. And then they go without purchasing proper DNO coverage or mm -hmm. a nice or a, a high limit DNO policy to protect themselves. I'm like, number one, protect yourself always, especially if you're a volunteer right. on a board. Yeah. Make sure the board pays for insurance for you. Right. Because you're not covered under your homeowners, um, you know, for anything business related or association related. You're not protected by anything you buy personally for any of that stuff. And I think that's a big, huge misnomer out there when it comes to nonprofits um, and even businesses, like if a business gets sued and the owners are named personally, you know, there could be a gap in coverage if there's not a, an officer's policy put in place, you know? So we look at a lot of these things with associations and different businesses, and there are so many gaps when it comes to insurance coverage that, you know, it, it makes me cringe. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I have to cover my own ass here and make sure that I, have it documented that you said, no, you don't want to buy this. When something comes up, I can say, yeah, remember this conversation? You know, we've, we've got it. We've got it here for you to, uh, to, to figure out. Now you've been asking me all the questions. So now I got one for you based oh. on what you just oh, said. Um, so in, in that situation, let's say you were asked to be on the board because of your expertise based on your job, mm -hmm. based on your role in your job. Would your business insurance cover you then? No. Or no, because you're serving as an individual, not you're as a volunteer. The business, you're okay. a volunteer at that point. Unless, even if you're a paid 
board member, right? If it's a, a, a board with compensation right. on it for a publicly traded company, you're still, you know, that board has to, has to protect you. Now, in some high net worth, like ultra high net worth situations, we can put private DNO coverage in place for an individual, get them personal private coverage for a lot of money if somebody's worth significant money and, mm -hmm. you know, there's not a big enough insurance policy in place at the uh, nonprofit level or the board level. There's a, there's sometimes a private policy that we can do, but it's not cheap, you know, to protect right. themselves, especially high profile people are more at risk sure. when they sit on boards for outside influence and, you know, people wanting attention and filing lawsuits because of it um, becomes a, becomes a huge pain, becomes a huge pain in the, uh, huge pain in the butt. Um, all right. So back to, uh, back, back to taxes, back to taxes, back to taxes. You know, you love it. You're like, can we talk about something else besides taxes? Like, <laughs> right. you know, can we talk about my workout this morning? You know, what, what did you do? What did you lift at the gym today? What was, uh... I took a class. Oh, actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I belong to the Fort athletic club okay. over on the, the campus of Fort Monmouth. Yeah. Um, and they have this class called it's uh, for short EYS okay. stands for earn your stripes. There's four different, four different stations with two to four exercises each. Okay. You stay in each station for eight minutes oh. um, and then get a 90 second break in between to switch stations. And it's, uh, it's, so it's you know, it's energy, a hit program. It's, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. You know. High intensity interval training. It's, right. the, it's the biggest rage now. But. It's, it's, it's all, all the rage. The yes. H I I. T classes are uh, are awesome. All right, that's that was your ninety second break from talking about taxes. Um, so, <laughs> so moving we're back forward, to that, huh? Moving forward into twenty twenty four, right? Yes. So, not so much what can we expect. We're at the end of twenty three. We're going to have to get our twenty three taxes done in the next couple of months. What should people really do to focus on not being in this position at the last minute? You know, m working towards year end twenty four, like. You know, what would what advice would you give to somebody? What advice do you give to your business owners, you know, year end 2023 going into 2024 about getting themselves in a better position? You know, is it record keeping? Is it savings? Is it, you know, buy more shit to get more tax write offs? <laughs> You know, what's, right, what's right. kind of it's uh, it's a little bit of all of those three things that okay. you just mentioned. Uh, the record keeping is key. Right. You, you don't want to provide your accountant with 12 months of bank statements, 12 months of credit card statements. Right. Come January, February, In when they're busiest box. most. Right. Um, so you want to keep your records as you go along. Right. All throughout okay. the year um, for for two reasons, not just for taxes. Right. right. Obviously, it makes it easier come tax time, sure. but also for business planning. Right. right? You, you don't want to wake up on April 15th and be like, how can I owe twenty thousand dollars? I didn't make any money. Right. Well, you did. <laughs> or there's things on your that you think were deductible really weren't. Right. So you want to you want to really focus on your business throughout the the course of the year, not just come tax time. Okay. You know, taxes should kind of be the last of your concerns. Granted, up there, but not. Right. You know, not. You you don't make decisions just to, just to save on taxes. Yes, you do. <laughs> Yes, we do. So <laughs> if you spend, let's say you're in the, even if you're in the highest tax bracket, right? Let's say you're in the 37% right. tax bracket. Right. If you spend $1,000, you're only saving $370. Okay. Right? 
So it's not like you're saving that thousand dollars by spending a thousand dollars. Okay. You're saving three hundred and seventy dollars right. spending a thousand. Okay. Now, if you need that thousand dollar product or supply or mm -hmm. service or whatever, then yes, by all means, do it. If it's going to add to your to your bottom line, okay. but that's the uh, it's a saying that we like to use, and it's don't let the tax tag, the tax tail wag the dog. Okay. So now. If a business owner uses their credit card often yes. for business-related purchases, and now we're getting all these processing fees are everywhere. People are charging anywhere from 25 to 4%. Even Horizon Blue Cross, Blue Shield just started charging 2.75% to use a credit card to pay medical insurance. Um, now, when somebody's earning hundreds of thousands of miles or cash back, Yes. And those benefits go to the person personally. How's that looked at from a tax perspective? So if it's a personal card and they're used for personal expenses. It's a business card. It's a business card. Used for business expenses. Used for business but expenses. But the rewards go back to the individual that holds the card. It would go back to the business. So if that person is a sole member or sole owner, then it's really, it's still business related. So it, they're not taxable per se as, as revenue, right? but they do reduce your expenses. Mm -hmm. So in essence, the, those miles or those cash back is taxable per se, not as a top line additional. How many clients have ever told you how many miles that they have so you can put it on their tax return? <laughs> <laughs> if they get the cash, you can see that based on the credit card statement. You can't see how it, how it, changes into uh into so miles, United are, miles. miles are better than cash back because nobody's reporting miles on their tax return i mean it, it may reduce your <laughs> it may reduce your uh your airfare expenses on your p l but okay all right that's a very important question because i know that's a, a, a popular conversation to uh to have i've yeah. heard i've heard <laughs> right um, <laughs> a friend of mine a friend of mine once said a friend of mine asked me well you're gonna be on with the tax guy tomorrow just ask him ask him about miles <laughs> Exactly. Why not? All right. What else do you want to share before we wrap this up, Mr. Muldowney? You know, what benefits are there uh, to to work with you and and your firm? And, uh, you know, what's the last piece of advice you want to give somebody? Um, I, yeah, I would say just focus on your business throughout the year. You know, make sure you're monitoring everything on a monthly basis. See where there's areas to improve. See where there's um, expenses that can be reduced uh, while expenses are tax deductions you still don't want to be overpaying for stuff that you can get better elsewhere got it so the one of the first things we look at is uh is insurance premium so that's why we've we've kind of worked well together it's a big expense that I, but that's a hundred percent you know you can write off your insurance premium yes hundred percent yes you're uh, all right so here's i have one more question so <laughs> would you ever tell any of your clients if they are using 1099 persons to do work on their behalf that they don't need workers' compensation insurance. I would refer them to you ah, to tell answer. them. So we had a guy just cancel not. his workers' compensation insurance. He said, my accountant said I don't need workers' compensation insurance because I 1099 my employees, right? You know you how I feel about those. They're, if they're an employee. They're not a 1099. They're not a 1099. 
right? Huge problem. And yeah. my response was understood. If one of your subcontractors gets hurt and they don't have workers' compensation, I hope your accountant is going to pay all their medical expenses. Good right. day, sir. <laughs> right. Right. I yeah. love, you know, who you work with matters and having the right professionals in your corner. Super important. Don't give advice that you're not covered by your own Arizona emissions insurance to give. <laughs> I only play a lawyer and an accountant on TV and podcasts, right. yes. but uh, never, never in real life. Always refer them out. Kevin Muldowney, thanks for joining yes. me today. Thank you for having me. Great advice. Appreciate it. Always appreciate it. I'll see yep. you soon. All right. Take care.